If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. So uh, today on one of our episodes, uh, we actually talked uh, on our Q&A about Maps Black. And a question came up, and this is not the first time we've been asked this question recently, so I wanted to make sure that we direct people uh, to our website for this because Maps Black, Maps Aesthetic uh, was geared around this, was you know learning to build this you know symmetrical physique or a balanced physique. Somebody was asking a question about what is symmetry and um, you know, when we when we created Maps Black, the idea behind it was that everybody has these imbalances on their body or lagging body parts. And how do you program design for that? How do you go about bringing those lagging body parts up to have a more symmetrical aesthetic physique? So that is what uh, Maps Black is all about. So if you're somebody who is uh, searching for that or something that you want, uh, Maps Black is at our mindpumpmedia.com website. You guys can get it there. It's also available with with our bundles. So we have the Sexy Athlete Bundle where Maps Black is combined with Maps Green. We have the Build Your Butt Bundle where it's combined with Maps Red. And then the RGB Bundle, which is all of them, nine months of exercise programming. And this month only, enrolling in any of those Maps bundles, you'll also get for free the No BS six-pack formula, which is a, I think it's a six-week phased out uh, workout program specifically for your core, and it, it plugs perfectly into any MAPS program. All those available, mindpumpmedia.com. Ooh, I like your shoes today, Adam. Thank you. You're very good. What is that color called? Brindle? What? I don't know. Yeah, is don't... that a word? Brindle? Brindle yeah. is a word. Brindle. It's, it's a Thank you. It's, Fuck. It's you know a... what's weird? Adam knew a word that I knew, and Br- you didn't. Brindle. It's That's nor- very good. They normally use it for types of dogs that have a black and brown type of coloring yeah. pattern. But it, it, it's brindle, but it looks um, like if I took a black shoe and then rubbed it across the cement a bunch of times and made it kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Like like it's getting warmed it up a bit. Yeah. It has a worn T-shirt look to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You like it, Nike's better than other brands of shirts? Because I noticed you, you typically wear Nike's. Well, I mean, Nike is uh, what Nike's done a good job with is so many different styles. They have designer shoes, so you can with Nike, like most shoes, like let's say, like for example, like DC is a yeah. is a is a popular like skater brand, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a popular skater brand because it pretty much only appeals to skaters because that's the shoe was designed that way. Where Nike, Nike has skate shoes, Nike has all purpose shoes, Nike has cross training shoes, Nike has basketball shoes, Nike has like. They, CrossFit they, shoes. Yeah, really. They do. I mean, so that's why Man, you probably bro. see me wear. I wear all different types of shoes, but I would say Nike is probably the most popular, and it's just because. But that's your favorite. It seems that way. Well, this is a style of Nike. These are SBs, right? So mm. that's the. Son of bitches. Yeah, sons of bitches. I think it's just because they get the loudest with their style. Yeah. Nike? Yeah. They kind of put it out there. I like. I don't know. You about know what that. I like? I think. I think. Who's, Ace, who's Ace, louder than them? Asics is crazy. Asics are like. Asics? Yellow and. They're just ugly. Asics yeah. all look the same. They're, 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 they're loud. I like uh, Puma. Yeah. Everybody yeah, got crickets. <laughs> no, no. I, I like the old school Pumas. Yeah, old no, school they're not bad. And Puma, Puma to me really only caters to soccer. So if you're into yeah. soccer, no, I get they don't. it. It does. Sure, it does. Yeah, they're, no. the, they're the biggest in soccer. Are they? Yeah, yeah. dude. What else? Do they, Are you sure Adidas about Adidas is their only competition. Mm-hmm. I like the old school. Remember the old school Pumas that uh, like the old hip hop dudes would wear mm-hmm. when they would compete well, with Adidas? It was, yeah, it was. Like, but that's not a soccer shoe. 
It is, dude. Sure it is. Yeah. It is? Yeah. 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 That's weird. Did you know, do you know what the word Nike came from? Yes. You know it? Yeah. It's a Greek, Greek God. God damn it. It was a Greek God. I'm going to make out with you, Justin. Uh, Hello when you're smart. His his name was Nike. What was his thing? Nike was a Greek God and I believe was known for being able to travel very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Quick, uh, uh, Quick distances. It was the one that had like this. Wing had wings yeah, on the like shoe. On the shoe yeah. Is that what it was? Or on, or the on the feet. feet. Yeah, on the feet. Yeah. yeah. You didn't know that, Mr. Shoe fucking I, I didn't know wizard. That. I didn't know that, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-mm. I didn't what? think you wouldn't know that. I thought for sure if anybody would know anything about where the origin of Nike came from. You I would... you know, I don't know if I would call myself like a full blown sneakerhead where it's like <clears throat> like after, especially after watching that documentary I watched with my you girl. You feel better about yourself? <laughs> yeah, I do feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't it hasn't consumed my life, you know. Mm. I like shoes. And I honestly when I was a kid, uh I love I love shoes and even more so than probably now. And really me revisiting and getting back into having lots of pairs of shoes is just really getting back into caring about my clothes and fashion and stuff. I lo- I I lost um I lost the drive for that. I mean, there was this this lull from like I don't know, probably twenty six ish. Where you just stopped giving shit. Yeah, I stopped giving a shit, and I started. I was wearing the same stuff over. I'd have a one pair of shoes, and I'd wear them till they fucking fell off, type of deal, and just <laughs> not caring. And there, you know, it's liberating, right? Well, there there was some somewhat Seems to that. I'm stuck in that phase. But there is there is a there is a something about revisiting and getting back into that. That I there's something about putting on a nice pair of shoes that fit and go together with your outfit, and it makes me feel better, man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, I wanted to thank you on air, bro, for uh, what? treating us to that event last night. Oh, the, the WWE SmackDown, dude. So that was an experience. So Adam, uh, Adam does something that gets on my nerve. It's great. He's a great guy. It gets on my nerves though. He fucking does something, and he's like, "It's a surprise. I'm not going to tell you." He's the only Every time. person left I know that can like still pull off a surprise. Yeah, he'll be like, it. he'll be like, "All right, guys, uh, tomorrow else foils. Make sure available from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m." And we're like, "Why?" And he's like, "It's a surprise." So nobody knows what's going on. I figured it out right before we ended up leaving uh, for it, but it was uh, the WWE was a SmackDown. Yeah. yeah, I've never been to anything like that. Yeah, I was I was excited because um, it was uh, it's fun. It's something that we would never do, right? Like, oh. here's the thing: like, and we I, were fan- all of us were fans when we were kids, and that's yeah. why I did it because I thought this is cool because none of us would ever. I mean, we didn't know anybody who was wrestling, right? I know they're coming out and the crowd <laughs> is going sorry. crazy. I'm like, who's that? Actually, I knew one guy. It was like Kane. I think that's yeah. the only guy. I that's knew. right. Kane was yeah. there. So he's he's got to be old as fuck. Right. He's probably right? in his 50s. Yeah. So around forever. None of us watch that anymore. But I thought this would be kind of a this would be a cool little uh, stroll down memory lane for all of us since we were. Dude, in, the production kids. is ridiculous. And that I was OK. And I knew that, too. Right. So I know you guys, we all appreciate business. Right. And we always. Oh, my God. I And I WWE is a monster. You know, it really people don't realize how big wrestling is it's not big on the west coast it's it's definitely like it's middle mi- america. Mi- yeah middle america is like hardcore wwe and back when it was wwf like, like they know all the lines like oh. they have like these moments where people start chanting stuff i seriously thought i was watching this crazy cult happen it's, right in front of me they've got fanatical like, fans ah! but i'll tell you what man i am impressed with the athleticism of these freaking people these athletes 
They're huge and they're flipping and they're landing on their backs yeah, man, and on the floor. Acrobatic shit. It's crazy. Well, it's like how watching athletic- a bunch of. It's like I mean, look how rare Juji is, right? It's like seeing a whole group of them. You yeah, know, a bunch yeah. of Juji's running but like around. six foot seven. You know, yeah. seven foot dude, just dude, monsters. <laughs> the production quality was uh, amazing. And then there was that moment where we're all kind of because we're there, we're watching it, but then we're kind of not. We're talking business, having a good time. We were with our buddy Craig Caperso, and then out of fucking nowhere. Out of nowhere, the <laughs> loudest explosion sound I've oh. ever personally heard in my, oh my entire God. life. Literally, the loudest. It was like <laughs> I was mid conversation with Craig and jumped in the air. Dude, I I I had my coat and I was turning over and I was talking and then I like dropped my coat. Adam was in the greatest mood ever, and he got angry. <laughs> it shifted his mood. Adam was looking for some kind of gun or he something. Got, he got real serious. <laughs> yeah, he was like, like, and he was I'm, like, I'm taking him out. He's like, this. He's like, that's. He was talking about it all serious. He's like, that's just ridiculous. Why would they make it that loud? <laughs> it's like, that I don't understand excessive. why that's so loud. I was, I was genuinely scared. It really like <laughs> it was very I was mid conversation with Katrina, and it went off, and it just like. <laughs> Like my, I literally felt my heart like skip a couple beats, <laughs> yeah, and it was like, <laughs> did you, I, did you a little bit? You pooped a tiny uh, bit. Uh, it was a little squirt. It was I worse think, than that because I think Craig poop, definitely poop, did. I think, oh my god, <laughs> talk about Craig, our boy. <laughs> Clear, <laughs> cleared the sweet out. Dude. Oh my god, cleared, cleared the sweet out. Dude. Lot, like I forgot what that smells like, dude. Yeah. I forgot. Like right. it's a little nostalgic. The protein farts when you just eat a lot of protein. <laughs> you said that it was heavy. You get you have nowhere to hide. I'm like, like oh. I couldn't find a corner in there to get like fresh air it killed everybody dude killed our everybody. boy no shame right dude it, just fuck just it we're up let here it go. We're up, yeah thank god yeah. we had it to ourselves, or else it would have been really embarrassing if we had like a suite oh, full of people no that's <laughs> and then, i kind of respect how much he owned that though you know what i mean he's just like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, deal with it. Well, yeah. I was kind of, I like, was wondering why after, after we went and got food, I was wondering why when we went back, like, right, we have this, I mean, there's, I forget how many seats are inside the suite or whatever like that, but there's only, what, six of us, right? There's yeah, six, so of, it's, it's six of us, there. there's tons of seats, there's all kinds of room, there's couches, all kinds of stuff, anywhere to sit. And Craig kind of goes over after we get back to eating, he goes over and sits by himself all the way in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, why is he over there? Yeah. And then finally, I think when he realized how bad it was, he leans over and he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of letting it go over here a little bit. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it comes over and it was like, Oh, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Crager. Jesus, dude. What did you- I wanted to jump out of the suite and, and go down into the other. But it was it was weird because as I was walking, I could feel the consistency of the air change. Yeah, it was it was like was, it was like I was, was walking. Like I was walking through water for a yeah. second. I was like, whoa, why am I swimming? Oh, my God. <laughs> Thick. Well, Katrina tells powerful. me. Powerful. I, I got actually. I recently, it was I got, powerful. It was it an was anabolic impressive. signal. I grew a little bit. It was, <laughs> it was a branch of amino acids was in the air. impressive. After we dropped all you guys off, Katrina says to me, she goes, you know, every now and then I forget, you know, there's little things about you that I appreciate so much. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She's like, well, because I don't, I don't fucking fart in front of her, dude. That's just my thing. Like, I go, I, I just... I don't know if it was something that I was really? taught or yeah, I, I walk out of a room. You never like, farted in front of your girl? No, I don't. Never? Never. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I just don't. I never, never know girls. I just, that was my thing. I was the always, minute you do is the that's the day you'll marry, marry her. <laughs> no, that's the one thing. I don't think that has <laughs> anything to do with it. I don't think so that you have kids and yeah. then your doors open pooping. You know, everyone, <laughs> yeah. everyone, has, everyone has said that to me for the longest time and I've, it's never been that hard. First of all, I don't, I don't have a lot of gas. So I feel like I have a pretty good diet. So my, I'm not backed up a lot. But I'm human, of course. I've heard you a couple times. 
You know, and around you guys, I would. Yeah, yeah. And I know my, but yeah, it, yeah thanks for blessing us. Considering we're all a bunch of fitness dudes who, who I think people put that, that like, oh, because we would eat a bunch of protein. We, yeah. But we don't. Like, no, I, not anymore. No, yeah. no, I don't. I'm That's not, why it was nostalgic for me. That's why when I smelled it, I was like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, I was yeah, sticking no, my face in my shirt. I don't fart like that. And then when I do, I like I said, it's a courtesy to me to, to, to walk out of the room and do it real quick. And I'm sure I probably snuck some in there when the dogs, but when the dogs are in the room, it's easy because then I can blame it on them. So, yeah. Maybe she's had some. Just of wait those. till she has kids, bro, and then you watch that all that whole thing happen. That'll <laughs> yeah. break all the walls down. Oh, it's, it's a whole new you know, world. Did you know sometimes they yeah, poop? Did I'm you not, know that, Adam? Sometimes I, they poop. Yeah, but have you, you heard of that? Yeah, I have, I have when heard they have a baby, this, sometimes. I remember I was the oldest of five, so I already had my I already had my fair share of raising kids as a kid myself. So I don't know. I don't know if that's why I don't know if I'm going to step into daddy world. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay with not. Yeah. You know if it <laughs> you'll, be good, you'll be you'll just be an uncle to my kids and to Justin. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'd be great for that. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll come over and hang out with them and teach them all the things they need to know and stuff, <laughs> and then they send them back to you guys. Yeah, yeah. that's that's good <laughs> stuff. Uncle Wizard. Yep. <gasps> what the? Huh? Oh my God! It's farting. Larp. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question comes from Sea Meets World. How can you work on symmetry? Uh, first, we need to define symmetry, right? Because we've heard uh, in the muscle building world, there's there's terms like balance, symmetry, aesthetics, and they're all used kind of interchangeably, right? Right, right? What is the difference? I'm going to ask you, Adam. What's the difference between balance and symmetry? What is mm. what? What does balance mean? And what is, is or are they the same? Well, they they can be considered the same. I think if I were to use a word like balance, I think I'm 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 referring more to like. Um, muscle imbalances and being more balanced like that. Uh, when I'm talking about symmetry, I'm talking about uh, looking the same on both sides, right? So That's what I would think, right? Because I yeah. think balance would be more like, are your quads too big for your hamstrings or are, does your upper body match your lower body? If everything kind of matches, that's balance, but then symmetry would be left to right. Yeah, right, if you were to, if you were to try and break it up, although I think the terms are used, they're used interchangeably. They right? are, they really are. I think some people like to, oh, he's got a great balanced body. I think if someone said that, they would also be referring to him having a very symmetrical body, also. Mm -hmm. So they kind of go hand in hand. I'm and I'm assuming this uh, guy or girl, or uh, is it a guy or girl? I don't remember. Who God. knows? Yeah, whatever it is, the human. This human is asking uh, symmetry, referring to you know how do you build a symmetrical physique? We're gender neutral. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and it's really not that uh it's not that challenging as far as what you need to do it's time consuming and it takes time you know like if you have um an in, a major imbalance and by imbalance i mean what i'm saying imbalance this way i'm not talking like muscular uh or deviations like that i'm talking like Just visually yeah visually that you have an imbalance um, it may take longer to catch that up. And some people are, are born and we, we used to use semantotypes a lot, right? Meso, ecto, endomorph. Um, we would refer to somebody that is a mesomorph as probably somebody who is very symmetrical, right? Some people have these, these genetics where even, and you could see it as a kid, you could see them early on. They've already, as a little tiny kid, they've already got good little calves to their quads, to their, you know, they're not huge and muscular yet. They're still a child, but the balance of their body is very even. Then you see a kid like me. If you saw me when I was growing up, 
I was this little skinny bean pole and I was really lanky, you know, I was super lanky and I didn't have big shoulders on me and compare. I mean, it was very imbalanced or unsymmetrical uh, looking at me growing up. So it's taken a lot of work for me to create uh, a symmetrical look. And and a lot of that is learning to, which I think the, the hardest part and the most discipline is laying off the things that you are that are dominant on your physique and focusing on the things that that's uh, a great point that are not and that's really tough to do like you know for example calves are my thing right that's that's probably one of my my weakest points for sure but motherfucker do i train those more than anything else and i do i have to do that just to have them where they're at right now and it still needs more attention and that it's it can be daunting sometimes they will go in the gym and be like, oh, today's arm day or oh, today's shoulder day. If you're a body part split guy and go, but I need to do calves, you know, but calves are so boring and I want to do arms. And it, you have to if it's a pri- if a, if symmetry is a priority to you, then you have to address the things that need work. I mean, this is what really this is really what uh, Maps Black is all about. I mean, Maps it's designed specifically to create yeah. sy- symmetri- symmetrical, balanced body. It's exactly it's it's designed to help people show them how how do you program design for this? So how would I incorporate? Because you don't obviously want to stop everything else you're doing. You still want to work your other body parts, but how do you now create these uh, lagging body parts? Uh, as a priority so they start to come up and start to match the rest of your body. So that's really what matters. I think what's important to to understand with this is if you start working out with uh, good programming, you're not going to run into a lot of problems with uh, symmetry and balance. You know, if you start working out and you're hitting your entire body, you're working your legs, you're working your your upper body, you're doing your back like you're supposed to, your calves like you're supposed to, as your body develops, it's going to develop in a much more symmetrical, balanced way. I think a lot of the, the That's symmetry... That's a very good point. It is because I think a lot of the symmetry and balance issues that, that I'll, I run into are from people who come to me and they've been working out for a couple of years already and they've, already, and they've neglected body parts. Like I'll have guys come to me all the time and they just don't work out their legs or they just started working their legs out. Like, you know, for the first year I lifted weights, I didn't work my legs or I never did any rows for my back. I just did pull downs. And so there's a, there's a imbalance in, in the way my back looks, or I'll have women who, you know, Oh, I lift weights for my glutes and my legs, but I don't really do much for my arms because I don't want to get big bulky arms or whatever. And so they develop this, this, imba- you know, imbalance kind of looking physique. So step number one, when you start uh, training, put equal emphasis on things. Now, if you're already at a point where you've noticed the imbalance, Adam made a fantastic point. It's definitely, it's, and this is obvious, put more focus on the area that you want to develop more. But you also should probably take a little bit of focus off the areas that are overpowering because that's going to allow things to kind of catch up a little bit. So you're talking about more like unilateral training focus you could do unilateral training uh if it's more of a balanced thing if you notice your hamstrings are super underdeveloped and your quads are just huge you might aside from working your hamstrings more you might want to lay off a little bit on the quads Mm. let them catch up a little bit um and then when you go you know when things balance out then you can start training things uh you know a little more equally um i see a lot of imbalance uh issues aesthetically speaking from athletes. Athletes have the biggest oh, issues yeah. with imbalance. I, I trained a kid who was a pitcher and he had been a pitcher for most of his life. And he got at this point he had he was in college 
and he had a 90 mile per you know per hour fastball. Very very talented kid, mm-hmm. and you should see the imbalance between his the arm that he throws with and the arm that he doesn't. Well, the um, patterns are all in one direction. In one in direction, one side. yeah. And so we would have to really focus on. Well, this is create I mean, those uh, you know balancing. Things this kind of brings up a topic that that's irritating me as far as um, like certain functional gurus out there that all they want to do is correct like imbalances with athletes and they don't realize that like a lot of these positions uh, contribute to performance in their sport and especially like uh, boxing and having protracted shoulders and you know they're not going to be able to generate the type of of force and power uh you know being in a super balanced symmetrical uh, postural position all the time. Now you're speaking. Now is this because of what's that one trainer that's been training people that way, and his fighters are getting knocked out because he's having them stand with the? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know what pa- I'm talking? Pedro, not pa- is it Pedros? I don't know. The guy who does all the the single single like he always does multi planar uh, unilateral fucking natural movements that yeah, stuff, yeah, and then yeah, his yeah. fighters are showing well, up. I don't know and if there's anything natural about what and he they're does, standing but. with like tall posture, like gotta have neutral spine. Bing, right, 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 right. Well, I that's mean, what I mean. That 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 kind of stuff. I, I'm starting to see that more. Just you know, just with the it the pendulum kind of going in that direction of like, well, let's fix all these imbalances and let's make sure like everybody's in this neutral spinal alignment and. Uh, everything should should perform at its optimal uh, capacity, but you know certain sports that's not the case. You know what? You need to. That's such a good point. Well, almost you, all sports. I mean, I've always bro, sports are literally to be excellent, like at a super high level in a particular sport. You're not balanced. Thank you. You can't yeah. be. I've always told people there. It's, it's an extreme. It's unhealthy for the body. Yeah. And it's so hard because we look at our. It's at, not fitness. Everybody, everybody looks at and aspires to be like them, right? I mean, all your superstars and all these great athletes and everybody wants to be like them. But, you know, when you when you actually dissect it and look at it from like a health and longevity thing, like playing a sport, especially if you've made it all the way to the professional level, these mm-hmm. people have created... They're extreme. Their bodies are extreme. Body. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're in balance. The price. They're in balances, regardless of what they look like on TV or whatever like that. Their imbalances are unreal. I mean, especially athletes. Athletes are so anterior driven like everything well, it right? depends on the sport i mean think about your position if you're a, true. if you're yeah. playing a sport if you're playing if you're a lineman you got to get really really good at very specific set of skills mm-hmm. and other skills you could give a shit about like it doesn't matter if you're a lineman and you can hit a golf ball nobody cares well it's just like or why, swim or why whatever pitchers can't hit yeah, uh, right. Yeah. It's a, like, don't you find that funny yeah. that it's that you're a baseball player? You've been a baseball player your entire life. You're a professional, but you can't hit a fucking baseball. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that's what I'm why it's so rare. You're like, oh my god! Like I see some pitchers like hit a home run. Everybody's like, whoa! Yeah, you, you, you guys know. But back- one one takes away from the other, right? Because does, you, yeah. And to them, it doesn't matter that they're in balance like that because it they have to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball. They do. And did you guys know back in the day uh, in the Olympics? <laughs> The they would look at the athletes and they would consider the perfect athletes to be um, able to do everything. And so the the, yeah. the so Olympic athletes all kind of looked the same. They were like men that were about five ten, weighed about one hundred and sixty five pounds or something like that, or one hundred seventy five pounds. I forgot what it was. Mm-hmm. And that was considered to be like, oh, you're an Olympic athlete because you're this balanced physique that can kind of do everything. And now if you look at the Olympics and you take the athletes and you line them all up. Oh, very the specialized. Oh, yeah. Very specialized. They look 
so different it's crazy mm-hmm. the endurance yeah you know the the long distance runner looks like some like a completely different human yeah. compared to like Pit a, that to a, the shot putter exactly and then, yeah. well this is why when i was mentioning we talked about symmetry right this we used to talk about somatotypes and the mesomorph used to just like you said the yeah. mesomorph body type we used to think was the perfect you know athletic build and the reason why that is because they were the most balanced mm-hmm. they were probably uh the best at you know or, or not the best or they were good at everything right mm-hmm. they weren't maybe they weren't the best at doing one thing but they were the they, they were considered the most athletic because he could shot put he could wrestle he could squat he could bench he could do all these things you know and and when you take somebody like that and you take them and you say okay let's put them in a swimming pool and compare them to somebody who's not you know, a mesomorph body type and they're more ectomorph. Oh, look at this. This athlete actually would surpass him because he was built more like a canoe, mm-hmm. you know? So finding fun. And we've, and I think that's one of the things with how the evolution of sports, I think we've mentioned this before is, you know, that's one of the biggest things that we've seen is as we've evolved, we've learned this. We found out early on now when you, you can see your kid at an age right now, at, you know, once he's hit through, especially once he's gone through puberty and say like, Oh, this is your body. These are the, there's here's the, the array of sports that you're you could excel at. Now, this is not saying that you can't go play this sport and still be good at it. Of course right. you can. Anybody can do that. And don't ever let someone tell you can't. But do, don't get it twisted. You most certainly there are sports that your body type is definitely built more for. Well, as far as symmetry, I mean, bodybuilding, physique, <laughs> these types of things. These are sports and these are sports that, you know, will judge you on your symmetry and will judge you on you know, the balance of, of the look of your body and your posturing. So, I mean, that's probably as, as close as you're going to get to, to having that, um, you know, be a, an example. Scrutinize. Yeah, I, think, that I we, think those visual sports, you know, like bodybuilding, uh, physique, you know, bikini, all these things. I think that they take these visual cues that we tend to associate with uh, health uh, and, and fitness you know, visual cues that humans are naturally attracted to, and then they just exaggerate them. Mm-hmm. So it is a natural visual cue to see that a man has narrow a narrow waist and broad shoulders um, because that typically will mean he's got higher testosterone levels, probably going to pass on better genes. And so in bodybuilding, they exaggerate the shit out of it, and you've got guys wearing squeams yeah. and, you know, is injecting symptoms on their delts. I still don't understand the narrow waist thing because – I feel like, you know, maybe that's in in contrast to having like a pot belly or, you know, like. Well, so it's hip to waist ratio because. That's what it is. Yes. It's, it, it creates the illusion, right? Right. That, that they, they look bigger, broader because their waist so is. So their chest looks bigger. And, yes. Okay. It, they, 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 having that narrow waist exaggerate. You know, last night when we were talking. That irritates the shit. Out of that's what <laughs> testosterone, testosterone does that. The hormone testosterone uh, influences how we like women will have broader you know broader hips uh-huh. and that's what estrogen does for men mm-hmm. testosterone broadens the shoulder so it's just a it's a sign of they're trying healthy, to exaggerate it's the, a sign of healthy testosterone all we've done is we've taken these 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 visual cues and we've exaggerated them same thing with breasts and this is why women get implants and you know developing the glutes and then they exaggerate their posture by putting themselves in you know in lordosis so they can stick their ass out and all those different things mm-hmm. it's just taking the visual cues and exaggerating them, and then you go on a stage and you present yourself. So, well, this was you know last night. I don't know if you guys heard when I was Craig and I were talking, and you know he was he was mentioning like you remember when he was saying how he, you know he's almost ashamed of that he would even classify himself as a men's physique guy with some of the because of his peers are all idiots and stuff, right? And we're t- and I was telling him like you know you can't beat yourself up because I remember when I first met you like that was one of the things that we hit it off was you know I saw wow this guy actually gets it you know the whole purpose of doing this like he had a bigger grander picture and I told him that you know. 
I actually take a lot of pride in, in the fact that I went and did something like this because I don't think I belong in that category of people. Like I don't have, you wouldn't look at me off the street and go like, Oh, I bet he would be a great men's physique athlete, or I bet he'd be a great bodybuilder. Like that's what was so to me, I take that more than anything else is, is that I wanted to show people that you, you can still go do something like that and not be built for it. But at the same token, I can also feel my body fighting against me because it doesn't want that look. It doesn't want to look like that. Like it's not, it's not advantageous for my body. It's, it doesn't, it wants to, like I've always said, it wants to get in a pool and swim, you know, you just, but you, I bet if you, I bet if you uh, went after swimming, you would have done pretty well. Yeah, you can tell just when I when I you get, get in, the long arms and uh, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I have no I have no form or technique or mechanics even when I do that and I've never been formally taught and I'm still pretty decently fast Shoes nuts and and, and like right now I tr- I don't train for that I train for being a bodybuilder looking guy so yeah. imagine if actually I cared about being lighter and leaner and faster in the pool for sure but that's the point is that you know some people already have this natural symmetry you know they they already look like that does that mean that someone like me or like whoever is asking this question that you can't build. Absolutely. You can build it. You can work towards it. I think it takes a lot more work for someone like us. I think that if you naturally already were born with some of these imbalances or you lack that natural symmetry, like a mesomorph type of body type, it's going to take some extra work. Those guys, you're, you know, and it's always that guy who's giving the advice, right? It's always that men's physique or bodybuilder guy who was, who was symmetrical before he even touched weights. Then he touched weights and then he looks big and mm-hmm. symmetrical. Who's giving advice to these fucking kids on how to train. It's like, dude, stop. I was going to do a post actually refers just like this. I was going to do a post about my calves. And I was going to say, like, are you still taking advice from guys that had calves before they started doing calves? The biggest calves in the gym are the guys that work them out. I know. Right? That's so the it, truth. And the same thing that. with, like, these guys that are teaching you, Justin. symmetry and stuff. Like, these, Whatever. some of the most symmetrical, best-looking dudes on stage right now were already really symmetrical before they got started. You know, it's, it makes me think, too. It's uh, If you're a relatively young kid and you're listening right now, if you're in your teens uh, or very early 20s, you know, like, tw- like you're, you're 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, focus on those body parts now that you may may f- you know find to be weak or whatever underdeveloped, and really hammer them now. Um, you're in a great position because I know for myself, I placed special emphasis on certain body parts when I was a kid, and they're my delts, for example. I had no shoulders, but I think because I hammered them so much through the tender ages of 15, 16, 17, 18, when your hormones are coming through and your body's probably more likely to go through things like muscle, you know, fiber hyperplasia. It's become now a strength. So I think if you get in there early and really go after it, uh, you you might be able to turn a weakness into a strength. Well, and that's the discipline mm-hmm. part right here, right? Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I, I don't train arms ever, but that's because I did fucking five days a week from literally 15 to like 20, you know what I'm saying? So now, now I have the benefits of not having to touch them all the time. So I think uh, if you have that mental discipline to do that, and it take, it's hard because how many guys do this too? I, I mean, how, how many times were you, somebody who did this, where you had your bro split and you did, you know, Monday's chest, Tuesday's this, Wednesday's legs, whatever. And then, you know, two, three weeks of good consistency and then shit happens, right? You party, you get sick or you fall off the wagon for a few days and you come start back. Where do you always start back? Yeah, you start with your week. Yeah, your favorite. Well, you yeah, should your favorite, start. Your yeah, favorite. You, you start with your your favorite is what you normally do. You never miss chest. You never chest missed day. arm or whatever, like, right? But you, you don't if go. You end, if you miss the, if I ever missed a day, it was leg day. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Luckily, yeah. my legs respond really Yeah, well. and that's just how I feel how it is with most people is when they fall off a routine or they miss a day, they just they keep their routine going and make sure they don't miss their favorite workouts where in reality you should probably be continuing to hit that those muscles that are lagging to to catch them up and if you skip anything you skip your strengths you mm-hmm. know 
Art of April is asking, do you feel that you have mastered self-control or are there other areas of your life that you feel are lacking because you're so disciplined with your health? Mm. Wow. Boy, we get some self-awareness. Wow. Yeah. This, you know why this is interesting? I, you know, obviously working in the fitness industry, I, as long as I have, I know a lot of people who have lots of self-control when it comes to fitness. Mm. You know, they'll bring their food with them everywhere. Uh, even though, you know, we've, we've, you know, destroyed that myth of having to eat small meals requires a ridiculous amount of discipline to do so, mm-hmm. you know, and I know a lot of people uh, throughout the years who've carried their food with them everywhere, who never missed a workout, but the rest of their life, a lot of these people was, it, it was all, it was lacking. Like they didn't do good in work or business or they didn't take any risks. They didn't take it. Well, I feel like I think sometimes, especially if you have a little bit of a, an issue with your, your relationship to exercise and food where it becomes as obsessive, I think it gives sometimes gives people the false sound, uh, s- uh, sense of control. Yeah. Like, okay, my life is shit. I've, I, I've, you know, I've got this, you know, uh, I've, I'm kind of depressed. I have bad relationships with my friends and family. So I'm going to just nail down Dive my diet this. and exercise because yeah. it makes me feel like I have, you it's know, definitely not left a that. sense of control. And it's true when you, when you talk to people who, who have, you know, very bad eating disorders, a lot of times uh, they'll tell you that it makes them feel like they're in control. It gives them a sense of control mm-hmm. that they can control something. So I could see it going in that direction. Now on the flip side, when you're talking about normal, healthy individuals, uh, I've only seen people who uh, inc- start incorporating exercise and diet and being more consistent with it. I've only seen it benefit other a- areas of the life. Well, what now about, they're, they're, they're better with it. What about you though? I mean, how do you feel about yourself here? I mean, so do you, f- do you feel you have mastered self-control? Where do you, where do you stand on this? Do you feel like somebody who's like really honed in on their, their discipline or do you feel because you how you are so great with your health that it throws you out of whack with your other balance? Like for example, I know you well, so I, I don't, you know, I, you're you still have a very good balance like with your children like yeah. i see people that um become extreme like if you're a you know a pro at something and it, like you're so good at this thing then you kind of like have shitty relationships and you have you're a bad father and you know a lot of people don't talk about that stuff because we don't the, these are the people that we idolize because they're fucking famous and this and that but most of those people which is also why i've never been starstruck type of person because mm. i know this i know that most of these guys, if what created them to be this fucking it's the crazy, yeah, they they have the other side that they're. I mean, they're then they're a horrible father, they're a bad person, they're like there's these other. It's rare that you find somebody who has mastered a craft that they're that to the point where they are fucking known for it. They're so good at it, and then they've still created balance in their life where it's not something else isn't being sacrificed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you know it's interesting as a kid, and I was I'm lucky to have been raised in a very uh, strong uh, type family and i was taught uh through um observation so and this is something for your parents out there you know you're going to say a lot of things to your kids that they're going to learn from watching and observing way more than anything you'll ever say and what i observed was if you worked hard if you wanted something and you applied yourself and you didn't make excuses uh that you can accomplish quite a bit and so very at a very young age if i decided that i wanted something then i felt like there were no limits i never I never had the the in my mind. I never thought to myself, you know, I can't do that. I always thought to myself, if I want to do that, I can and I will. Um, and so when I decided something, if I decided, hey, I'm going to learn, you know, I'm going to learn how to how to ride my BMX bike really well, then I would. If I said I'm going to lift weights and I'm going to build muscle, 
uh, than I would. If I, if I want to learn a subject, than I would, and I wouldn't let anything stop me. And I, a lot of it was because I didn't know any mm. better. I didn't know that things could stop me. All I knew, all I knew was that if I, you know, had the discipline to do it, it would, it, it would happen. And so this is kind of my attitude towards everything. Now the, the bad, the only bad thing I could say is that I don't always decide that I necessarily want to put that discipline to something. And that's when I lack. Like if I say to myself, I, I, I can be very disorganized. I can be an extremely disorganized individual. And, uh, I can get away with it. And so I, I don't think I place the, the importance on it. And so then it, it lacks. Mm-hmm. But if I decide well, something, I need to do it, it happens. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the nature of, of the beast. I mean, you can't, you can't be awesome and have like control over everything. And it, it's really about, I think, I think basically like from this question and like mastering self-control, I think as far as like understanding what it takes in each one of these compartments of your life, like what it takes to, to maintain balance. And when something gets out of balance, recognizing that and then putting effort back in that and swaying the pendulum a bit, but not, you know, losing momentum in one of the major uh, pillars that you're trying to establish as far as like your goals and like what you're trying to do and accomplish. But uh, you have to define that. And, um, you know, I think like as far as what, where I'm at in life, like in having kids and having, you know, a family and all that, that's a high priority for me. Uh, business is a high priority for me, you know, like, uh, working out's a high priority for me. So, you know, those are major things. And so every day is an, is an assessment of where I'm at with either one of those pillars and, and, um, just going out throughout, throughout my day, I have to uh, fluctuate, you know, where I'm at with this. And then now I'm going to pick this one back up and, you know, I'm not going to stress out that I didn't get this one part of my pillar. I'm going to there's make always up a give and take, right? It's give and take. It's a it's a balance. Balance is flexibility. You know, it's being able to kind of adjust and make little micro adjustments along the way instead of like freaking out and making humongous adjustments. You know, they did they do studies on children that were they'll present the children with um, like they'll have kids in a room and they'll say, okay, here's a cookie. Now you can eat the cookie now, but if you wait an hour then you'll get another cookie. So if you don't eat this cookie now, in an hour, you'll have another cookie and you'll have two cookies. And some kids will just eat the cookie that's in front of them. And some kids will wait so that they can get the second cookie. Mm-hmm. And they follow these children throughout their lives. There, there was one study that was rather large where they followed these kids it's a very throughout their lives. Study. And you mm-hmm. know what they found? Hmm. Very, very strong relationship between the kids who waited, who had self-control, were far more successful in life. Mm-hmm. Being able to understand if I hold off now, I'm going to benefit later on. The ones that have more self-control who weren't so impulsive were more successful. And so it's important to understand that, that self-control and understanding that that uh, is an important factor of being successful. You can apply it to almost anything. And I think, Adam, I think you're the one that always says, you know, how you do one thing, you do all things. Yeah. Uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. There you go. Yeah. Um, self-control is an important factor for for long-term success because all of us want to be impulsive you know it's 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 a natural human trait to want to do something that you want to do right now this second and get that immediate gratification Mm -hmm. self-control uh you know kind of delays that a little bit for something better later on and so i think you have to look at your values and priorities weigh them out and decide uh, when self-control is in your best interest and when in being impulsive sometimes in your best interest also. Well, I read this and I also look at it and I go like, okay, she says that, um, you know, so focused on health. 
I, I think we we put off an impression like we were, we're like all day long we're tracking like because I say I like to track and I do things like that. And so we're like figuring things out and like you go to eat and you're like oh I'm not gonna do this because I need this like it's a lot uh, it's a lot easier than that for us at this point because of how long we've been doing this I don't think uh, and especially these guys in here I don't uh, there's nobody in here I feel it's obsessive about anything that we do like. We all care about health. We all respect that, um, you know, like we'll make a decision like we, we we eat out together a lot because we're traveling or we're doing things together. And, you know, someone will say, what do you guys feel like? And then someone will be like, well, you know, uh, my stomach feels this way and I feel like getting something like that. And the other guy will be like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Or, oh, I don't really feel like this. And, you know, it's just like a normal conversation. But I think we are just more aware of how our body feels and what types of foods would be best for us. And so. It's not like there's like this heavy, like, you know, yeah. focused or like it's, there's major discipline involved to do it. Or, I just can't. I can't have that. Yeah. And this we talk a lot about this, uh, this uh, growth in uh, making connections and connecting the dots to to food and how it makes you feel. And once you've really connected a lot of those dots and mind you, we are all still growing and we all agree that we're none of us have like mastered anything. We're still getting better. But when you've been doing it for as long as you you have or we have you know, it's very natural. It's not very hard for us to do it all. And kind of like what Justin said, there's always this give and take in things when I feel like my diet is really, really dialed and I'm putting extra emphasis on that. You know, I typically, the business isn't, my business isn't really killing it at the time. And when I'm killing it in business really well, I'm, you know, missing some of my gyms and I'm missing some of the meals that I should be probably be eating. And so, you know, it's it, just being aware of that at all times and and kind of floating back and forth. And I don't think any of us really stress ourselves. There's probably more pressure on us now to be sh- in shape and keep ourselves that way because we're in the limelight now than ever. And I don't feel it. I don't feel like, uh, oh, my God, like. I can't do this or I, you know, I got to have self-control because we got, you know, we're going to be on TV or this is going to be going on here. Like, uh, you freak out. Like, nah, it's like, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's a lot more natural and easier than that. And I definitely, I think we all know that when you put any more energy, like when I'm competing, I'm very out of balance when I'm competing and I'm, and I'm putting that much emphasis, but that, I also don't believe that's a way of living. I don't think that I don't recommend that for anybody, you know, that was, no, how the hell could you do that? Yeah. That's, uh, I don't think that's healthy. You know, it's not, it's not a healthy thing to do. I think it was an accomplishment or a goal, but other than that, I think we have pretty good balance, man. Brenda Farias 51. Would you consider doing a tour across the U S holding conferences and talks? Hell yeah. Oh, that would be fun. We've I, already I, done a few of these. Yeah. And we've done quite a few already. We're heading to Canada. We're going to be down in orange County. Like we got a lot of stuff coming up. Right I now. love, love. I, this is the, this is the part of our business. I think I love the most is meeting people and speaking to people mm-hmm. in person. It really, gets me excited because I can see the people that I'm actually, you know, like right now I'm talking on this, this you mic. You get like a response for once. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm t- right now we're talking on this mic and the only people I'm looking at are the guys that are, you know, in the room with me. I don't hear, I don't see who I'm reaching, you know, face to face when I'm in front of people, when I'm in a room with 300, 500, a thousand people and I'm talking about something, I can see the impact right away and motivating. I can get the feedback, uh, you know, right away. I can see, What's happening? I can feel it. I can feel the energy. It is, it's like a high, man. I absolutely love it. And would I like to travel and, and reach and touch more people uh, in person? Hell yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we've had a few invitations and we almost always take them. So, you know, we've gone to companies and talked to people and 
uh, you know, if you're if you want us to come talk, I mean, just well, contact a, us and let us know. And we'll it's work a, something out. It's a part of our business that uh, I mean, I predict in 2017 um, we'll be doing a lot of it. Uh, 2018 is probably when we would do like an official tour, like when we have that many places and locations across the U.S. that we could line up and we could guarantee we're going to see X amount of people at the venue or whatever like that. I think um, that's very realistic. Maybe we'll get Metallica to open for us. Oh, my God. <laughs> but right now, we that's kind of how – I mean, we're. I think uh, real soon here, you guys will see that up on our website because we've talked about this before. We're, since we're already doing it, companies are paying us to come out and do this this stuff already. Um, and we don't even really offer it or promote it or talk about it. And that's just because we haven't set it up. You know, we haven't put it up on the, on the, uh, website. We have a lot on our plate right now. So we do the ones that we can when we can, but eventually I think this will be a big part of our business. In fact, I hope that's a majority of what we do is touring and getting in front of people because we could eventually do stuff like this on the road. I mean, we could light up mics or we can record the event live and then put post it so people can watch and listen, but then also be able to impact people in person. Uh, like Sal said, I think that's probably our favorite. I I, en- I enjoy that uh, more than anything. That I, get, I get a feeling, man, that I, I don't get with anything else. There's few things that I, I like. There's a lot of things that I do that I really enjoy, but there's few things that I do where I feel like, you know, you get that feeling where you're like, man, this is what Just I'm supposed to balls. do. Yeah. 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 It hits you right in the nuts. You, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, talking on the podcast is one of them. Definitely talking in front of people is another one. Uh, I, I will say that I, I'm far more uh, developed, uh, you know, in terms of my skill on the mic because we do it all the time. But the more of these talks that we do with people, the more I feel that coming out. And it's it's an interesting feeling. I mean, the last one we did, the last seminar we did, it was like after about five, ten minutes in, once we get the cobwebs out, it's it's like you're just I don't know. I felt like this is what we're supposed to. This is part of what we're supposed to do is go around and meet people and talk to them and you know, get to see their faces. hundred percent. It's coming for sure. It's already happening right now. We just haven't been formal about it right now. I mean, we've already, I don't know how many we've done now, but we've done quite a few, uh, already in the area and we've even traveled a little bit to go to places. So it's, it's happening. We just haven't been uh, official about it and actually organize a tour and see what that takes to do that. Panda muscle is asking, can fitness be an addiction? (laughs) Better question would be, can, uh, what can't be an addiction? Uh, Anything can be an addiction, anything at all. Fitness definitely can be an addiction. You can 100% have a poor relationship uh, with exercise and it Mm. can be a drug. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a million times. I see it all the time. Yeah. Perfect case scenario. One of my friends, like I've just watched his personality and a lot of times you can recognize like addictive type personalities. Um, it started out with skateboarding and skateboarding was everything. And he wore all the gear and he was all about skateboarding. And next he was a bull rider, you know, and he's just a bull rider and he's got all the cowboy and everything. He's chewing tobacco and, you know, and now all of a sudden he's a bodybuilder. And he's like shredded and he's just 100% all about it and just crazy, 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 like all in. And just, I mean, to the extreme, it just took everything to the extreme. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was very, it was very apparent that, you know, you can, you can get like so deep in anything and obsess about it and make it like your whole world. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think exercise is a small addiction for me. And the reason why I say that, I mean, as much as I try to focus on health and wellness and, you know, balance, I'll tell you why I think I have a a little bit of an addiction to exercise because I have withdrawal symptoms if I don't get it. 
And I don't mean for long periods of time. Like missing one workout, sure that you know, I'm, I, it's not going to really affect me that much, right? For my physical performance, health, all that kind of stuff. But mentally, it's like I didn't get my workout, and I can almost, if I allow myself to, I'll obsess over it. Uh, so it's definitely something you can become addicted to. It's something that can be very dangerous. Over-exercising is very, very bad for your health and for your body. You, you got to remember that exercise is a stress on the body. That's why, it's a, that's why your body gets healthier when you, when you exercise properly. That stress is a signal for your body to adapt. But if you over-apply stress, you overcome your body's ability to adapt, and you only end up damaging yourself to the point where you can literally kill yourself. They've done autopsies on extreme endurance athletes who just drop dead. Their hearts will just stop because there's this, you know, there's a lot, quite a few cases of that happening. And they'll examine their hearts and they'll look at the, the heart and they'll see damage that, that that's on the heart. They'll see that the person heart, you know, who's 32 years old, looks like he's someone who's 70 years old. Um, same thing with lifting weights. You continue to, if you lift all the time, aside from joint issues and imbalances and wear and tear. You're just going to keep tearing muscle down. You could get to the point where you can make yourself very, very sick. You know, uh, I go, uh, there's a gym that I work out at sometimes. I don't, I don't want to say where because um, I don't want to call anybody out. But there's this lady that comes in and she's ex- definitely underweight, extremely underweight. Uh, I, would, I would definitely bet money that there's some kind of eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But she comes in, she wears a weight vest. So she'll walk in. She's very, very, very uh, skinny, unhealthfully so. She has a weight vest. She puts it on. And the entire time I'm lifting weights and warming up and cooling down, so you're talking about an hour and a half, she is on uh, a Stairmaster mm. the entire time just with the weight vest on and just going. And I know, I mean, she's addicted to exercise. She probably has an eating disorder. And that is using exercise uh, in the wrong way. She's well, only hurting herself. I, I find and that's an extreme case. but Most people that, that are like that, too, I feel like it's less of the fitness they're addicted to and more of the the look or the feeling that it gives you or that that's what it kind of turns into. Right. Like normally people like that are like obsessed with looking skinny. Right. Like they put on a pound and they go, oh, my God, I'm getting fat. And it's like they're obsessing over that so much that it translates into this crazy uh, amount of, of fitness, a crazy amount of exercise in order to achieve that. Cause they don't know, they don't know any other way to do it. They don't know better. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what they're really doing. They think that this is like everybody else. Like, Oh, if you want to lose fat, do cardio, do cardio, mm-hmm. do cardio. I don't know. See, I've also worked with people who are just ad- addicted to the exercise. Like I've worked with clients who mm-hmm. are so anxious. They're so stressed out in their life. They're so whatever that they got to keep moving. Like they can't sit because if they sit well, still. They, it's almost like a, those people. So mm-hmm. I, I've dealt with those clients also. Those teams tend to be like, uh, it's like a punishment for them. They look at fitness like they're addicted to the the punishment of getting hammered. And those are the clients that are always like, yeah. you know, what are you going to bring to me today? Like, and, and I remember being a bad trainer back puke. then. Like, I mean, I remember feeding into that and being like, mm-hmm. you know, giving her a harder workout and a harder workout and just challenging her more. It's like, this is what she wants. You know what I'm saying? She's paying for me to give like this, these more and more challenging workouts. When in reality, like, you know, a, a wiser, older version of me would have sat down and been like, what am I doing? Like, this is the last thing this lady needs. Like, she hammers herself with stress all day long at work. And then when she sees me, she wants me to punish her for the bad food choices that yeah. she made. And that's this this sick relationship. Well, that's, that how I, that's how I feel the fitness industry. It, it just feeds into all these insecurities and, and leads people 
into different addiction paths. Like that's what the fitness industry is to me. It's not a health driven uh, industry. It's an addiction driven industry. It's trying to lead you into the punishment and pain circuit, or it's going to lead you into the, Oh, look at, look at how awesome you could be if you starve yourself and fucking take a bunch of anabolics and, you know, look this way for a minute. And then over here, you know, you have, uh, you know, XYZ, but it's, it's, it's all like driven into these extremes instead of, uh, celebrating the health and vitality like people need to here, focus on. Here's the thing. Fitness needs to be, if you want to, if you want to work out, if you want to eat right, if you're looking at fitness and you want to make sure that it c- contributes to your life, you have to do it for this reason right here. Fitness is about, real fitness is about self-love. It is not about self-hate. If your motivation to work out is because you hate something about yourself, if you hate your body, you hate the way you look, you hate something, uh, you are heading down the wrong path. I've been on that path. I was initially motivated to work out because I hated the way I looked. I hated the fact that I was skinny. And that is what pushed me to do lots of things uh, to my body that were not beneficial. Uh, for health. It created some bad relationships with exercise and with diet with me, force feeding myself and making these crazy shakes that, you know, I'm pretty sure all this stuff contributed to some of my gut issues rather than going into fitness for self-love. If you go into fitness because you love yourself, because, uh, you know, I like making myself feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do this because it's good for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the decisions you're going to make are going to be the right ones, not the wrong ones. There's a, there's a massive difference between that. And I know some people listening right now are getting their paradigm shattered. I mean, really ask yourself this. What motivates you to work out? Is it because you don't like the way you look or is it because you love yourself? Ask yourself that question. If it's because you hate yourself, mm. you got to revisit your motivation to exercise because I promise you, if you stay on that path, the the destination at the end of that path is not good. It is not what you think you're going to get. You're not going to get happy. Oh, it with makes that. it even harder to connect the dots. We always talk about too, because those yeah. are the things you're not focusing on. Those things you're not looking at all the little subtle things that you are doing by eating healthier and being better. Get you're your solely blinders on. You're solely focused on looking, not looking like the person you are right now and the goal that you want to be, and not getting there fast enough that you're searching for all these avenues to get you there. And the oh, this I heard this works, or oh, I want to try this, or oh, my friend did this, or versus. Take a deep breath. You got in this because you love yourself. Yeah, because what can you, want, you do today? Yeah. And what are you doing already? What, what, what are, are you enjoying? What, about are you, this? what are you already making? I mean, yeah. you made a decision right now. You went from being unhappy and wanting to change and be a healthier person. And maybe the intentions were, were right when you first started. But then you got so focused on this, not liking the way you look and wanting to look a certain way that you've been detoured on instead of celebrating all the little things that are starting to happen inside and the better, the better habits that you're creating and the better sleep that you're having, the better relationships that you're having, all these other great side effects that tend to happen when you start to be a healthier person and love yourself. You're so focused on the goal and that ends up getting people detoured. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, you know, uh, I'm think about it this way. I'm working out because I love my body versus I'm working out because I hate my body. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. Both of them can motivate you to start exercising, but the end result is very different with with both those scenarios. The way you go about, you know, getting in shape or whatever is different with both scenarios. The end result is different. The the way you feel about yourself is different. So when it comes to fitness, uh, you know, look at it as self-love and you're going to be in a situation that's going to be better off. If you look at if you motivated by self hate, you're going to be go down the path of exercise addiction, 
uh, horrible food relationships. You're going to go down the path of, of damaging your body, damaging your relationships with people. You turn into a Sith. And, and you turn honest. into a Sith. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you can get a free, brand new, awesome, super soft Mind Pump t-shirt. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. And Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. And you can find all of our exceptional programs at mindpumpmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.